Okay. Uh, <clears throat> let's look here. I want to start here at Psalm 37. And, uh, you know, a lot of things I'm seeing right here but uh, that we've heard a bunch. But here, look at 23. The steps of the good man are ordered of the Lord. We, this, yeah. Now look what it says about that. He delights in his way. Now remember, you're the good man. Don't read this about, well, that's somebody else. But if you read it, he's referring to you, you know. Okay, anyway, it says, Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his right hand. <clears throat> okay, these are, I like to say, good churchy words, because thank God we've heard them a lot. But, of course, they're not really in the language that we use today, you know. I don't ever use the word utterly, hardly. But anyway, but what I want to get to this morning is 25. I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I mean, he's always, he's always taking care of us. Now, before I go any further on this one, let's go back to the Living Bible here, and we're going to look at 23. Let's see that steps of a good man. Here we are. The steps of good men are directed by the Lord. He delights in each step they take. Now, when you think about steps, and remember, God is Emmanuel. You know, you're with me now. <laughs> I mean, God's with us, okay? So the steps, it's not like, well, you know, I wish the Lord would. It's everywhere you turn. You know, you put a little toddler in front of us that just learns how to walk, and, of course, he's not out by himself. He's, he's usually with company, whatever, because the people are talking and you got a toddler or whatever. Well, when you let that little child go, remember that? Even if we're still yakking away, whatever, we're sort of watching him. And in a split second, we got them, you know. Even if they sort of think they're good, whatever, we still got them because they're still under the care and watch of a parent with a child that's real small. And can you see this here? He says, good men are direct, the steps of good men are directed to the Lord. He delights in each step they take. If they fall, look at that. It isn't fatal. See, remember the King James says, if they fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Boy, this rings a bell to me, Phil. That's nice. It's not fatal. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. For the Lord holds them with his hand. Now, I'm reminded Jesus said in John chapter, I don't have to Google this. No, I know where it is. It's in John chapter uh, uh, 15. Where the, the, I'm the branch, you are the vines. It goes on down there, and he says, uh, oh, in John 15, he goes on. No, excuse me, it's John 10. Excuse me, John 10 about the shepherd. But he says, he says, they are in my hand, and no one is able to get them out of my hand. Praise the Lord. You know, you've seen a little kid. You put a little coin in there, and they're trying to, you know, they try to pry your fingers. Well, you're not, I mean, you're, you're teasing with them, whatever. But that's sometimes, like us, we're, we're, we're like, sometimes we, we'll believe that, you know, well, I don't know if God, and we'll, we'll quit trying to get yourself out of there. You are in the hand of the Lord. Trust that he will get you out. If it's hurting, you should be calling for help. And anyway, so it brings us back down to this. I have been young and now I'm old. And in all my years, I've never seen the Lord forsake a man who loves him. Praise the Lord. Nor have I seen the children of godly of the godly go hungry. Now, a lot of times we think this is just barely, as long as you got enough to get by. It, there's no such thing in the scriptures of just getting by, praise the Lord. It's abundance. So, let's go to, um, I want to go to Psalm, um, oh, we're still in Psalms. Excuse me, get the right thing here. Uh, Psalm 103. And let's look over here at something. Psalm 103. 
Because today, no matter what's going on, uh, we've got difficulties that we face, uh, you know, and uh, here's how we uh, tackle these issues. Now, I'm looking at the King James here because it's, it's, this is another familiar passage. Bless the Lord, O my soul. In other words, this is personal, not between everybody else. This is between me. David's talking about me and the Lord. And the Lord's not hurting for praise. That's not it. That's not what it's about. He says, all that's within me, uh, you know, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And look at this. And forget not all his benefits. Boy, that one can just go right out the window because he told us, don't forget. When you're faced with difficulties, it's just like you can forget, you know. It's just like, you know, if you, you know, you just didn't realize, oh, I forgot somebody had given me some money or, or what, or one, it's just things we just, hey, I got it. I'm okay because I've got an answer or whatever. We just forget. Now notice what he says, who forgives all thine iniquities. Again, it's forgiveth all thine iniquities, whatever that is. Well, it's forgives your sins. Now look at this, who heals all your diseases. Now, sometimes we put qualifiers on this. We think, you know, that. Well, it's not all diseases because, you know, if it's cancer, I don't worry about cancer. You're drawing the line. Quit drawing the line. If there was everything we were going to draw the line on, it's heaven. We're going to heaven? Forget cancer. I'm worried about making it to heaven. <laughs> well, don't draw the line there. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And it was all of us, praise the Lord. We're not going to get there on our own. It's because of Jesus. But anyway, don't draw the line here. And then he goes on, and I remember he said these were benefits. Who redeems your life from destruction. Now, that's not talking about the end of your life. He's talking about right now. Let's keep reading. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, whatever that is. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. Well, I sort of relate to that. Hey, that tasted good. Well, he's not talking about spiritual things here. This is your entire life. He says, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Well, that's, that must be spiritual. No, it's not. Our bodies can begin to get weak. We can start uh, even uh, on a, uh, just from one day to another. It's like, my goodness, I don't have any strength. I'm not, ugh, ugh. Verse 6, the Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He makes known his ways in the Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and uh, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. But let's switch back here to the uh, Living Bible just a moment. He says, I bless the holy name of God with all my heart. Yes, I will bless the Lord and for not forget the glorious things. Notice this, he does for me. Remember David said, don't forget his benefits. These are the things that God does for you. He forgives all my sins. You need to make sure you got that one covered. I mean, please, if you've heard about Jesus at all, and I know you have, but in this world... There's all kind of thoughts. We we have so much psychology going on in our world, you know, and we have so much blame we put, and maybe this is why this is going. It doesn't make any difference. Jesus has taken care of your sins. He's taken care of them. He put a period there. Then just three words. He heals me. You know, Jesus was at a place that was so crowded one time. Matthew chapter 8 is also in Luke's gospel. It's in Mark's gospel too. The story's in there three times, so we've got to get it. Anyway, it's so crowded in this room. Somebody can't get in, and he's paralyzed, but he's got helpers. He's got somebody got him on a stretcher. Well, that still didn't help. They got on the roof, tore the roof up, and dropped him in, you know, <laughs> like those squirrels. Uh, 
you know, Bob was talking about. Now, all of a sudden, I mean, can you imagine that? Well, we might anger Jesus. You're not going to anger Jesus. And now what's the motive? Well, the motive was this guy's paralyzed, you know. I mean, sometimes you can just draw the line and say, well, he's paralyzed, that's it. Never give up. This is what, you know, we're, we're not in heaven right now. We're actually on a mission. We're in another world, another kingdom. But remember, we've learned that the kingdom of God's within us. But if we don't call in for air support, airstrikes, we're not going to get anywhere. So anyway, you know the story. They let down the paralyzed guy. First thing Jesus said to that guy. Remember what the first thing he said? It made the others in the room mad. Jesus walked up to him or whatever. He dropped him right from him. And he said, son, your sins are forgiven thee. First thing he told him. Probably because Jesus knew that boy, that man, thought it mattered. He said, if, there's everything, if anything's not going to help me, it's going to be because I'm just not as good as I ought to be. And there's some things I'm embarrassed about or whatever. Jesus just flat out said, you know, he, just, he, he told him. He said, your sins are forgiven thee. Okay? And then, <laughs> and then somebody, all these were people, who does this guy think he is? That's, that can forgive sins. Do you think he's God? Well, Jesus turned around and he says, anybody could say your sins are forgiven, but to prove, you know. He said he spoke to the guy and he said, take up your bed and walk. And of course he did. But anyway, what do I get out of that? Same thing David knew here. He forgives all my sin. He heals me. He ransoms me from hell. He surrounds me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. Now, these are benefits. Fills your life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, let's go over to, uh, now these are benefits, he says. Oops, I'm going to stay there. But uh, uh, let's see. Let's go to this. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. I mean, because I mean, we already believe in the Lord Jesus, in Jesus, and we're going to heaven and stuff. Well, what can we do? Well, we're faced with some difficulties today, okay? We got different problems and such. We already know there's a God. We already know there's a heaven, you know. But if you'll, as you read your Bible, you understand, praise the Lord. Oh, oh, there's something going on with all these daily problems that we're faced with. Uh, let's go on down here to, let's start here at verse 5. I'm reading in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 5. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's skip a little further down. Let's go down here to verse 7. He's been talking about Moses, and now he's talking about Jesus. And since Christ is so much superior, the Holy Spirit warns us to listen to him. Hmm. Now, I want, I want us to try to figure out where he's talking about listening to him from and what he's paralleling this with. What's the story about? Well, he just mentioned Moses, okay? And now he says, listen to Jesus, okay? Be careful to hear his voice today. And let not your hearts become set against him. Well, I would never be set against him. Well, listen, he's fixing to talk about the promised land. The Jews got all the way from Pharaoh. They watched total destruction of Pharaoh. His army was destroyed in the Red Sea. Got all the way to the promised land and they go, Ah, God can't take it. <laughs> no. And that's the story here. And that's the problem we face today. You can have a little financial trouble, whatever, and you can think, you know, God just can't help me. Or, I know, he doesn't want me to. Or, he wants to. No, none of that. He crowns you with loving kindness, fills your life with good things. So, here we go. 
He says, be careful when you hear his voice today and don't let your hearts become set against him. As the people of Israel did, what did they do? They steeled themselves against his love and complained against him in the desert while he was testing them. But God was patient with them for 40 years, though they tried his patience sorely. I mean, they kept saying, can God provide a table for us? And he did. Look what happened. He kept right on doing his mighty miracles for them to see. But God says, I was very angry with them, for their hearts were always looking somewhere else instead of up to me, and they never found the paths I wanted them to follow. The, then God, full of anger against them, bound himself with the oath and said they would never come in to his place of rest. Well, you remember that. For 40 years, they didn't get there. They wandered around in that wilderness. And he says, Beware then of your own hearts, dear brothers, lest, they, uh, lest you find that they too are evil and unbelieving and are leading you away from the living God. Speak to each other about these things every day while there's still time so that none of you will become hardened against God. Now, remember what hardened them against the Lord was their daily problems. I mean, I mean this is too tough for God. I mean, how many times can we think about, you know, uh, Sarah was supposed to have a baby and she laughed about it. And God said, is there anything too hard for God? And one time when the children of Israel under Moses, uh, remember when they were just being fed that manna all the time. And they were upset about that. Moses even got upset. And God said, this time tomorrow, you're going to have chicken on a stick, you know. And Moses, was he couldn't believe it either. He goes, if we killed all our cows, if we killed all the cattle and had a cookout tonight, this is Moses talking to God. You know, we would barely have enough. And God says to Moses, is my arm too short that I cannot say? And God told Moses, he said, this time tomorrow, everybody will be stuffed. As a matter of fact, God said this. God said, you're going to have so much chicken on a stick, you're going to vomit it out your nose. Oh, yeah, right. Well, it happened. In the morning, the place was covered up with quail. They didn't even have to, like me, take a shotgun out there and go find them. Where are they at? They were going everywhere. Why was that story? Well, because God's going to take care of you. He will. And it's abundance. It's abundance. So he's saying, hey, watch out, watch out, watch out. Verse 15. But now's the time. Never forget the warning. Today, if you hear God speaking to you, don't harden your hearts against him as the people of Israel did when they rebelled against him in the desert. Now, remember how they rebelled? They were just saying, we're going to die out here. We're going to die. It had nothing to do with heaven. It had everything to do with the promised land, which was branded milk and honey. Milk and honey. We should be covered up with milk and honey. We should be covered up with cities that uh, we didn't build or whatever. I was reading the book of Joshua, and finally when Joshua got all of, uh, he conquered the whole land, okay? The Levites, they were not given any property. Ah, poor preachers. There were no poor preachers. They were given all the Levites. The Levites had 48 cities and the, and the surrounding pasture land around there. 48 cities. Boy, don't keep the preacher poor. He's not keeping me poor, praise the Lord. I serve the Lord. And you serve the Lord too. All those tribes were just rich. And God warned them the whole time when you read the book of Joshua, don't worship other gods. But guess what they did? They did. And they lost everything. So if you just trust the Lord, you've got cities, vineyards, you've got homes, you've got gold, you've got all these things. These things are all yours. And that's why he's warning us here, don't sit there and say, well, I don't know if God can do this. And that's what they were doing. 
we want to go back to Egypt. Okay. They were the ones who came out of Egypt with Moses, their leader. And who was it who made God angry for all those 40 years? These same people uh, who sinned and as a result died in the wilderness. Uh, and to whom was God speaking when he swore with an oath that they would never go into the land? He promised his people. This has nothing to do with heaven. The book of Hebrews in chapter 1 already established we're going to heaven. This is your daily life. You know, It's like those bees. It's amazing. They didn't get Myrna. Praise God. I, I, you know, Phil, just the other day I was in my backyard. And I'm cleaning up my back porch or whatever. I'm messing around. Da, 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 and I glance over there. My eyes saw the wasp nest, right? And it's, 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 I've got some decorative stuff on my fireplace on the outside. I saw it. So what do you think I did? Well, I went and got my bug stuff and took care of them. It was a whole lot better than being out there sweeping and whatever and going around and all of a sudden these bees get you. Now, where do you think that come from? Richard, you're just so smart. You got lucky. You saw them. I was not smart. I was not lucky. The Lord took care of me. And interesting, we mentioned bees. Joshua takes a moment. You can read this. The book of Joshua is a real quick book. It doesn't take long to read. Right toward the end, Joshua is recapping, taking over the promised land. He says, hey, by the way, the Lord says, don't you think it was because you're such good whippersnappers and stuff? He says, God said, I sent hornets ahead of you and drove out the Amorites. Can you imagine that? It's a great day to be an Amorite. You know, you got your little kingdom all of a sudden. Ow! You know, whatever. And they can't swat enough of these hornets. And they have to, the only thing left we can do is move. <laughs> and they moved out. And when the Israelis got there, they're like, we didn't have to fight at all. <laughs> hey, I got a brand new couch. Hey, I got a car in the backyard. All this stuff was theirs. Well, I guess I'm just such a super hot rod. No, remember, we already read that God warned the children of Israel and said, when you get to the promised land, don't think it's because y'all are such sweet people. He says, because y'all are stubborn. Well, what do we think about that? Just remember, he always forgives your sins. You know, otherwise you'd think, well, I'm only going to get the promised land because I'm just, I'm just wonderful. No, you're going to get the promised land because it was promised and you believe it. Okay, so anyway, so uh, uh, he was speaking to all those who disobeyed him. And why couldn't they go in? Look at that. Because they didn't trust him. They didn't trust him. Now, let's go look at this story and uh, <clears throat> see what happened firsthand. It's just like David and Goliath. It's like practically the same story. Nobody wanted to take on Goliath, but a guy by the name of David. Uh, let's see. I want to go to Numbers chapter 12. I think it is. It might be. That's 10, I think. Let's see. Let's look. That's not 10. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Here we go. It's 13. Here we go. All right, Jehovah now instructed Moses, send spies into the land of Canaan, the land I'm giving to Israel, one leader from each tribe. The Israelis were camped in the wilderness of Paran at the time. Moses did as the Lord commanded and sent these 12 tribal leaders out. Now, I, I will make a note here. It was really, oh, it, when you read, it's, it's right for, I'm going to have to go in order. Le, not Leviticus, uh, De Deuteronomy. There's a recap like the Gettysburg Address and uh, the people wanted to send some spies. I mean, God didn't need to go test. He knew. He just agreed with them. Moses and God said, okay, send 12 spies out. But anyway, matter of fact, I think Moses says at the time it seemed like a good idea since you wanted to do this, but this really wasn't the Lord's idea. Okay, anyway, 
He just agreed to go ahead and do it because the promised land was theirs anyway. So here they go. There's a list of people. And again, why do you have these names and stuff? Because sometimes we start listening to those evolutionists and those people that don't care about the Bible. And when they say it's people that smoke and dope wrote it, oh, why do we have names? Why do we have cities? Why do we? Have, I mean, the details are there. Okay. So anyway, here's the names of all these guys. We won't read them. Bill, Bob, whoever, whatever. Whoops, whoops, whoops. Hang on. Uh, get back up here. So he said he sent them out. Uh, go northward into the land of whatever Arab and Gunnersville. In other words, see if they're weak or strong or few. Whether the land is fertile and you know whether it's uh, rich and got many trees. Now notice what he says. Don't be afraid. Bring back some samples of the crops. You see, the first grapes were being harvested at the time. So they spot out the land all the way from, you know, whatever, Florida to Georgia, come back from what across there. All right, and here's what happened. Uh, then they saw the family, let's see, going northward they passed through, let's see, they saw, these are all the tribes and other nations. Now, Anak is who? That's those giants, okay? All right, anyway, uh, let's see, and there were cities that had been there, whatever, all this kind of stuff. Anyway, here we go. The Valley of Eskol, which they cut down a single cluster of grapes that was so large it took two of them to carry on a pole between them. Now remember, he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. This is the promised land. This is so basic. The book of Hebrews likens this up to our daily life. So you have to look for the blessing of the Lord. Don't sit there and think, well, there's not anything in this for me. Oh my goodness, mercy. They also took some samples of pomegranates and figs. Now, remember, I always like to say this. Why do we have the details? Because today we're supposed to barely get by? No, sir. Mm -mm. Anyway, the Israelis named the place the Valley Eskal at the time, meaning what? Cluster. Because of the cluster of grapes they found. Well, here we go. We're going to get into the bad news part right here. Uh, after 40 days of exploration, they returned from the tour. They made their report to Moses and Aaron, all the people of Israel in the wilderness. They came and showed. Remember, there's about, there's about 6 million plus people. They're hearing it, you know, CNN news, whatever. <laughs> this was their report. We arrived in the land you sent us to see. And indeed, it's a magnificent country. That, th thank you, Moses. You, you're right. We got here. Yep, you're, you're so right. Uh-oh. A land flowing with milk and honey. Here is some fruit. Took two of them to bring it out there, you know. But the people living there are powerful. God says, so what? I'm going to send hornets ahead of you. But they don't believe. I don't know what's on your heart this morning. You might even be distracted about something. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're here or whatever. But uh, listen, you don't need to be distracted about anything. I, I mean, I don't need you to be paying attention to me. But you need to be paying attention to the, the fact that the Lord's going to take care of you. Hang on, let mouse to work here just a second. Uh, so, he said, uh, the people living there are powerful and their cities are fortified, very large. Now, think just a minute. The first fortified city they actually went into, remember, 40 years later, was Jericho. They say they had like a racetrack. You could run chariots around the wall on top. Well, whatever. But it was a big place. But remember the story we've learned already in Joshua. The people inside Jericho were scared already because they knew God was going to get them. They did. And it didn't matter if it's fortified or not. What happened to those city walls? They marched around it every day for six days, and on the seventh day, they went around it seven times, and then boom, boom, it all fell down. 
So, I, I mean, we're all faced with difficulties. I'm faced with difficulties. But look at this. What's more, we saw the Anakim giants there. Oh, no. Well, you can forget God. We can forget what happened in Egypt. You know, the Nile turning into blood. The hailstorm. The locust. The death angel. You know, and the, uh, uh, the plague of darkness. See, God told them that to remember all those things. That's the reason the Passover was supposed to be put in effect. Remember the Passover. What God did back then, He's going to do all this in the future for you. Okay. But so easily we what? Like David said, don't forget His benefits. So anyway, all the Amalekites live in the south. While in the hill country, there's the Hittites. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Now, you remember two of them are going to sound off here in a minute and say, hey, don't worry about it. Here comes Caleb. The Amalekites live in the south in the hill country. There's the Hittites, the Jebusites. You know, it's Auburn. It's Georgia. It's Tennessee. They're going to beat Alabama. We'll wait and see, you know. But that's basically what they're saying here. Your team's going down. The Amorites around the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan. I mean, oh, we needed to help God. We needed to describe to God how bad it really is and how he can't help us. Verse 30. But Caleb reassured the people as they stood before Moses, let us go up at once and possess it, he said, for we are all well able to conquer it. And that's what Cable said. Cable. Caleb. Well, you know what happened here. Not against people as strong as they are, the other spies said, they would crush us. You know, you're never going to sit down and read the Bible and all of a sudden go, I'm doomed. (laughs) It's going to be an outside voice. Somebody else is going to tell you God's not going to help you. It'll never be from that Bible. Anyway, verse 32, the majority of the report of the spies was negative. The land is full of warriors. The people are powerfully built. And we saw, he's going to keep saying, oh, the giants. And we were like grasshoppers. Oh, whatever. Hang on. So that's what they said. So it goes right on into 14. All the people began to do what? Just like we can. We just start crying. Oh, no. Oh, no. And they cried all night long. Can you imagine that? I mean, I mean, God knows what he's going to do. He didn't bring them this far to kill them. There was no way. And now, what's holding them up? They're holding themselves up. Look at this. Oh, I wish we just died in Egypt. Gee. So why is this story in the New Testament? Because we can act the same way. We can just say, well, I mean, God can't help us. Well, you know what happened. Now, let's go check up on a fella that got to get into the promised land. Those others didn't. His name is Joshua, and I want to look at, it's actually in his book here. And Joshua, let's look at what happened to Mr. Caleb, and he's in uh, uh, verse four, uh, chapter 14 here. Look what happened. All right, chapter 14. Let's see what happened to Mr. Caleb here. Look at this. The land given to Caleb. This is so fantastic. A delegation from the tribe of Judah, led by Caleb, came to Joshua and Gilgal. Remember what the Lord said to Moses about you and me. Because remember, it was Joshua and Caleb that said, hey, we can take the land. Remember what the Lord said uh, to you and me when we were in Kadesh Barnea? Caleb asked Joshua. I was 40 years old at the time. Remember, we got the details for a reason. Because think of you as Caleb, okay? I was 40 years old at the time. And Moses had sent us, let me scroll down, from Kadesh Barnea, in other words, Atlanta, to spy out the land of Cana. I reported 
what I felt was the truth, but our brothers went with us, frightened the people, and discouraged them from entering into the promised land. Boy, now see, that's something we can do to ourselves. We can discourage ourselves. Remember the story about David? He, he was running off here to go attack one of the Philistine nations, and all of a sudden turned around, and they attacked his hometown, took away his, his family, all the rest of his soldiers' wives and stuff. They stole them. And the Bible says David's heart was discouraged, but he encouraged himself in the Lord. And I mean, he went after them, and they got them all back. But if David just thought, you know, everybody's against me. Because matter of fact, the scripture says all the soldiers were like, we want to kill you, David. <laughs> if you hadn't had this bright idea to go attack the Philistines over there, we could have stayed home. So the pressure was on. But David did what he did. <clears throat> you can read that story in 1 Samuel. Here we go. So anyway, uh, but since I had followed the Lord my God, Moses said the section of Canaan you were just in shall belong to you and your descendants forever. Boy, what a promise. You'll get real estate all your life. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now watch. Look, I love verse 10. Now as you see, from that time until now, and quit teasing yourself saying years were different in the Bible. They were not different. They were not. Abraham was 100 years old, and his body was dead. Sarah was 90. Her body was dead. They ain't going to have no kids, but they did. Okay. Anyway, back to this. The Lord kept me alive. And well, all these 45 years since crisscrossing the wilderness, and today I'm 85 years old. Now, don't check out on me. Watch this. I am as strong now as I was then. Moses sent us out on that journey, and I can still travel. And look at this. You don't have to be dusting or airing, you know, but they got this to look forward to when they hit my age and over. I can fight as well as I could then. Praise the Lord. Man, fantastic. Oh, and he's going to tackle, look at this. And he says, so I'm asking you to give me that mountain over there the Lord promised me. And you remember that as spies, we found the Anakim living over there. Oh, yeah. You talk about David and Goliath, no sweat. There's about 100 Goliaths over there. We'll tackle them, no problem. Walled cities. But if the Lord is with us, now he's saying he is. In other words, God's saying you're with me now. Praise the Lord. I shall drive them out of the land. And that's exactly what happened. One last point I want to make right here. <clears throat> in, this same, in this same book, I want to go to the 17th chapter. Uh, well, I'm already in that book. Hold on. Here we go. 17th chapter. Watch this. So here we go. Uh, remember, this has got, I think this is Caleb's daughter. It kind of rubs off in the family here. Let's see what happens here. Oh, uh, let's see if we get to it. Uh, no, I'm going to mention something else. But Caleb's daughter did ask for some more land, and Caleb said, yeah, why not? You can take it. <clears throat> Watch this. Uh, the two tribes of Joseph came. This is the, the Joseph's coat of many colors. It was his grandkids. They came to Joshua and said, hey, why have you given us only one portion of land when the Lord has given us such a large population? We've got to have more territory. If the hill country of Ephraim is not large enough for you, Joshua replied, and if you're able to do it, you may clear out the forest land where the parasites and the Rephim live. Now, Rephim's some more giants. Uh-oh. Fine, the tribes of Joseph said the tribes of For the Canaanites in the lowlands around Beth Shean of the valley of Jezreel have, look at this, have iron what? Chariots. In other words, they got tanks. Well, so what? 
They have iron chariots and they are too strong for us. Now remember who he's talking to. They're talking to Joshua. And Joshua was, you know, it was Joshua and Caleb that said, I don't care what's out there. You can wipe it out. Watch the wording here. Then you shall have the mountain for us, Joshua replied. And since you are such a large and strong tribe, you will. Look what he says. Well, hang on. You will, let's see. You will, uh, oh, you will surely be able to clear it all out. And I'm sure you can drive out the Canaanites from the valleys too, even though they are strong and have iron chariots. What did he say? I am sure. I don't care what you're faced with. I don't care if they got iron chariots. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let me remind you of a man that came to Jesus one time. <clears throat> the disciples were trying to help his he had a son, had a problem, demon possessed, whatever. You remember what the trouble was? It's the same thing as the promised land. Promised land would be if my son was just normal. <laughs> and Jesus said, What's going on? Well, I brought my son to your disciples and they could not cast the demon out. And Jesus said, Bring him here. And immediately the boy starts foaming at the mouth and rolling. Jesus tells the guy, He says, How long has he been doing this? Now remember, Jesus is just stalling. And the guy's just letting everybody know. Oh, since a child. Oh, it's always been going. Oh, and if you can do anything, Mark chapter 9 says. Now, remember what Jesus' reply was. He says, if you can believe. See, we've got to change. We've got to go, oh, praise the Lord. Lord, I trust you. And that's what that guy did. Notice how quick he did. He said, Lord, I believe. That's how quick. I want in the promised land. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Just admit it. I'm struggling here, Lord. But help. Praise the Lord. And immediately Jesus cast out the demon and of course the boy was well father we thank you for your word today we thank you that you promised us lord that you'd take care of us concerning our bodies it's a benefit we read psalm 103 so thank you lord if we're not feeling good you'll take care of it sore limbs or vision blurring anything doesn't matter praise the lord you'll take care of it and it's true financially the same thing's true there we should be toting around grapes that takes two people to haul a whole cluster and name up and name the place we found it esquo praise the lord it is a promised land, praise the Lord. Father, and if there's anything else we face, maybe it's giants like we've read in the scriptures already. It doesn't matter what the problem is. You're going to fix it. Hallelujah. So that didn't leave anything left but for us to do like they were all doing in the Old Testament, putting up monuments and reminding their children of the great things the Lord's done. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, amen. Hallelujah.